and welcome to the first bonus episode of the second season of With Love, Victoria. I'm Rachel Garnett, and today I am joined by the incomparable Mr. Rory Dunn. Rory, how are you? Oh, I'm doing, doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. Well, look at us. You were the last bonus episode of season one, and here you are, first bonus episode of season two. How does it oh. feel a whole year later? I- I assume everyone was really chomping at the bit. They're like, if we could just get more of that guy in the bonus episode, that's all we're looking for. <laughs> you know, it's it's actually crazy. But that final bonus episode, million. It was the first time we passed a million listens. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, you, you do something well. Keep doing it. Yeah. Not even the actual show, just that bonus episode. <laughs> so here we are picking up uh, 10 years later with Queen Victoria and four years later with Princess Beatrice. And we get... To meet a brand new character here with Princess Beatrice, and that is her lovely son, Prince Maurice, played by you, Mr. Rory Dunn. Uh, Last year, we got to hear your voice take on so many characters. How was it coming in this year, getting to play one character uh, through a few episodes? Uh, Well, it was nice. Uh, It was nice to have something a little more static in that that where I could just say, okay, this is his voice and I'll just keep doing this. Um, it's always a little strange for me when I play younger characters because I'm like, well, I should probably pitch myself a little higher. Everyone's going to be like, who's that guy who's in there talking like this the whole time? <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it was uh, it was nice. It was it was good because um, we did the little read through. And so I got to hear how the other uh, people were going to be playing their roles. And so I get to have a little bit of an actual connection with the Princess Beatrice. So Prince Maurice, he is such a fascinating character. He's this kind of new voice that we're bringing into the world. So tell us about your first impressions. Um, I'm assuming you weren't super familiar with the Battenberg family line. No, I mean, no, I I can say that safe and sound. I'm an American, so uh, my knowledge of history is not good at all, Uh, much less my knowledge of the matriarchy in England. Um, but it was, he, just, just looking at the page, he was a character who, um, really cared for others. Everything he does is, uh, that first episode, especially he's just there to be a rock for his mother and support her in what he knows is going to be at her time of need. And, um, I really can relate to a character like that who wants to help everyone around him and see everyone having, a you know, a little bit of an easier time if he can do something to make it easier for them. And something that I really tried to do when creating Prince Maurice, since he's filling that role that Birdie left behind, uh, that, you know, tete-a-tete character, uh, I wanted to make him a, a distinctly different voice from Birdie. Um, and so I feel like you're definitely coming in with more goodwill than probably Birdie had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that playing Maurice has changed how you view Princess Beatrice or did your views of Princess Beatrice affect how you played Maurice? That's an interesting question. Um, I think, you know, from as an outsider looking at Princess Beatrice, I'm, I see a lot of what I think is supposed to come across, which is like, why are you so obsessed with just editing this journal? And obviously that is something Maurice flat out says, but for him, when he looks at Princess Beatrice, it's, you know, why can't you just be happy in the life that you have? And that's, you know, 
I don't have much of an emotional connection to her. So Rory doesn't have that feeling for her. But Maurice really, really does. He's like, you know, go out and live your life. Be happy. Enjoy everything around you. Don't vicariously live someone else's life. Well, and what's something I'm so curious about when it comes to playing a character like this, I don't think this is quite a spoiler alert that Beatrice does not stop. She does edit all of the diaries. So how does it feel playing a character who is ultimately going to fail and what he's trying to get across? Do you find that that is halting uh, as an actor or do you, do you find it an interesting challenge or? Well, I mean, spoiler alert. (laughs) Um, He doesn't fail in the first episode, but yeah, it, you know, it's throwing yourself against a wall. It, you know, there's nothing you can do to really change its position. You're just, you're just constantly flailing at something. And what's interesting is he, he feels there to skip ahead a little bit in his story. He he gets to a point where he's like, this is all I can do for you. And even though I haven't accomplished what I want, I've accomplished what I can. Yes. Which is very clear. And it's sad to to say that, but, you know, that's sometimes that's you have to let people go. If you love something, you will set it free. So there, you know, there is certainly some sort of tragedy that comes along with playing a character like that. And I think something that makes Prince Maurice, for me, really engaging and uh, makes it really enjoyable to listen to your performance is that you are a part of her life that is not a part of Victoria's life. Mm -hmm. Whereas Bertie had all this malice towards Victoria and your relationship is kind of, you're almost more, I mean, he's obviously still a prince and comes from immense privilege, but I think he is just one step enough away to um, be more connected to reality. I mean, he he was a working gentleman. He was in the army. Sure, and you see, you see his connection to reality in the way that he treats everyone else around him. It, even if they're just small moments where he walks in and says, "You know, have you have you seen Mother?" and they say, "Oh no, I think she might be out. Let me go get her for you." No, 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 no. Let me do it. It's okay. You you're fine. You know, instead of saying, "Yes, go get her. I'm here," which would make him a completely different character. But to be like, I, yeah, sure, you work for us, but it's fine. I can go do this myself. I can make this a personal moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we see that it's such a lovely voice to have Prince Maurice. You're not as combative. Yeah, the interesting thing is, I think, um, you can you can go at someone in her position in one of two ways. And one of them is, I don't like that this is happening to me that you are stuck in that book. And the other is, I don't like that this is happening to you, that you are stuck in that book. And that's where I think Maurice attacks it from, is it's not how it's affecting him that upsets him. It is how it's affecting her. Exactly. Um, so now that we've talked about you know the process of, of reaching Maurice, I want to talk a little bit about the actual journal entries that we hear in the show in this first episode. Um, we hear two journal entries. Both of them include uh, direct quotes from Queen Victoria's diary. So the first we hear is Tuesday, the 8th of February, 1870. I thought this was a very touching entry because I felt like this episode was all about recognizing loss. And even though 
You might be years separated from the loss, how grief can follow you around. So this on the 8th of February, 1870, Victoria wrote, This day 30 years ago, my beloved Albert arrived at Buckingham Palace. How far off that seems now, and yet how well I remember all. And I think that very much was the thesis of this episode for both of these ladies. Um, and we definitely hear you voice this in the next episode, how both of them are are constantly re-engaging with the past and reopening wounds um, in quite a probably unhelpful way, would you agree? Uh, yeah, it seems to be. <laughs> Um, and then the other thing that we get introduced to this episode is uh, Balmoral Castle in Scotland. Uh, this is our first time seeing it in the episode, but it is actually a place that Victoria had been to for many, many years. It was actually a gift from Prince Albert. Um, and the entry we hear in this episode that takes place in 1870 is actually from her book's Leaves from the Journal of Our Life in the Highlands. This is dated from Friday, September the 8th, 1848. And it was Victoria's first impression of this Scottish castle. And she writes, We arrived at Balmoral at a quarter to three. It is a pretty little castle in the old Scottish style. There is a picturesque tower and garden in front with a high wooded hill at the back. There is wood down to the D. And the hills rise all around. And she goes on to describe room by room, this beautiful place where she would eventually come to seek refuge from the outside world, I decided to kind of cut off the entry there because I thought maybe we shouldn't just read a Zillow ad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd like to go visit this castle. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Well, she does make it seem very alluring in the episode. I mean, even just the talk of the trees, I'm like, yeah, this sounds wonderful. Absolutely. I want to go up there so badly. Um. Well, tell us before we end off our lovely little chat here, what is up with you? Where can we follow you on the social medias, your websites? What's your address? Uh, well, uh, I do have an Instagram. It's uh, at R-A-W-W-R-Y-D. It occasionally has pictures of my cat. Um, so feel free to feel free to message me pictures of, of your cats because I'm a big cat fan. Uh, but don't really expect too much other than that there at the moment. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Rory, for chatting with us. Now we're going to turn over to the fabulous Mr. Connor Delves. Hi, Connor. How are you? Hello. Hello. I'm well. How are you? I'm pretty fabulous. So happy to have you here. So happy to have started the second season of With Love, Victoria. How are you feeling? I feel good. I'm glad I didn't get fired. Uh, that I was welcomed <laughs> back, and you know, post death in in the show to, to be back is lovely. So I'm I'm very happy to be back and excited for everyone to hear it. Well, that is what is so cool about Birdie King Edward the Seventh is that you died last season. So now you're in a totally different timeline, and you're working yep. with totally different actors. You're working with more than one actor this season. Um, so how has that been? <laughs> crazy phenomenon working with more than one actor <laughs> no it's been great because I think you see a lot more of Bertie ironically post-death um in, in <laughs> timeline but to go back and um visit these relationships with other 
people that were um, really complicated to deal with it in the public and private life. Um, it was it was fascinating and, and to just work with some really fantastic actors as well. So it's been it's been great to come back. I've loved it. You know, talking about all the amazing actors that you got to work with this season, uh, mm-hmm. Grace was so devastated that there was oh. not an opportunity for you guys to work together again. Uh, and I I was like, I missed, you know, those scenes of having you two together, you know, kind of the downfall of mm. uh, you going back in time is missing this amazing dynamic, which, you know, it certainly did feel like a different era, even a bit of loss that you weren't there. Yeah, unfortunately was what was required, but I do obviously miss working with Grace. She's so brilliant and I'm excited to, for everyone to hear, you know, kind of her expansion into season two and, and what she does. She's, she's a talent. Can't wait. In season one, we heard a lot about your perspective of your relationship with Victoria and Beatrice's perspective of your relationship with Victoria. But now we're mm-hmm. seeing that relationship. So how has it been? We pick up with you in episode one, 30 years uh, prior to where we meet you in episode one of season one. So we're going mm-hmm. way back in your timeline. How is it performing these scenes that you reflected on in the previous season? Yeah, I think I was lucky in a way as an actor to be able to have the hindsight of, um, you know, going back in time. I mean, it's it's really helpful because I've formed an opinion in season one as Bertie and spoken about it. And then to go back and, and live through it is a luxury, obviously, because we don't have that luxury in, in real life and we don't have that luxury um, as performers often. So to, to be able to have that time built in into the performance and to my mind and uh, and relationships has been was really useful and also just thinking about what would be the difference 30 years ago whether that's energy or whether that's uh the spitefulness or all these (laughs) things that he had had, but he had a little bit more juice in the tank to do so so I mean it's a blessing uh, to go back and have all that knowledge um and bring that to, to this season's performance has been great Well, something we just talked about with Rory is how he, in replacing your kind of conversational role with Beatrice, uh, he takes on a far less combative role. And in the past, you're still there being combative. Um, how, How was it approaching being this foil to Victoria as opposed to being a foil to Beatrice? Was it a similar kind of place that you came from or did you approach these two relationships very differently? I did approach them differently. I think the relationship with Victoria um, gave a, a, a lot of the impetus for how I reacted towards Beatrice in the, in the future was because of how my relationship with Victoria went. So I think um, I learned a lot. Well, Bertie learned a lot from how he interacted with his mother and the Queen of England um, and perhaps didn't process it in the way that a healthy individual might. Um, so I definitely treated them differently, but I think probably the key in terms of uh, performance-wise, I had to to switch off that knowledge in a way. Like I soaked it all in and absorbed it, and that's fantastic, the hindsight in terms of the intellectual side of the acting, but actually had to switch that off because I hadn't experienced those conversations with Beatrice in you know, in real time when I'm, when I'm talking to Victoria like this. So it was actually very important that I kind of separate that in my mind, actually. So um they were they were different for that reason because they were out of order in terms of performance um I had to treat them differently certainly something that I considered when I was approaching writing his arc this season was he has to end up where he started in season one 
And it, for me as a writer, it was a little frustrating because I couldn't resolve it in a positive growth kind of arc because almost your arc is deterioration of relationship that you don't fix until, you know, the end of the previous season. So you can't fix it at the end of this season. Um, so how was it almost finishing your performance as an actor in the middle of his emotional journey because he finishes his emotional journey where we got to our midpoint of our story as an audience, if that makes any sense. Yes, I think I just had to detach from the idea that it was a full circle because it wasn't. His life continued. We've Season one happened, you know, in terms of the timeline actually after this. So I think surrendering to the fact that it wasn't over, or it wasn't um, complete, there was no resolve for Birdie, um, I didn't need to wrestle with that because he, he, you know, he continued. I mean, he had to live a very long, stressful, um, not rounded out life after that. So I, I think as soon as I surrendered to that, I mean, the every actor wants an arc, but he still had that. He was just not finished. <laughs> uh, so I didn't quite, I didn't struggle with that after I kind of, you know, read what season two was going to be and how it was shaping. And I think he did a great job of kind of, coming back to where he started in season one, which was very important. So I didn't, um, I didn't wrestle with that for too long. You talked very briefly about your, you being this kind of combative character. Um, and in mm. season one, it was very clear his motivation, where he was coming from and what his goals were. He didn't want the diary to be edited. In this season, we see you be combative with more than one person. And, mm. but all, on anyone that you get into an argument with, whether it is Victoria herself or John Brown, or we'll see um, Mr. Abdul Karim in episode four, is in a way you're still going one-on-one -on -one with Victoria, even if it's with her kind of delegates. Um, so talk about what is your goal in these confrontations? Are you trying to prove who you are as a prince, uh, as the king you're going to be? Do you think you're going to change anything about how Victoria is running the country? Or are you setting a precedent for who you will be when you are king? I think the big part of this season, being a younger Bertie, was finding his place in the monarchy, not just the family, because he, I actually related a lot to Succession, the TV show on HBO, um, with this, because they are a family that are in a massive position of power, royal-like in the American context almost in terms of the power they have. And watching the siblings or the, you know, the family uh, that are under Logan Roy in, in succession and how they deal with all this power that they're not really prepared for and they're actually maybe not up to the task, but how they put that front on and their confrontation when I was watching the later season went, yes, that's actually how young Birdie was because he had to... He was thrown into this. He's literally born into it and maybe didn't have the skill set in a lot of ways, but he is a combative person. And I think a lot of his combative energy and his one-on-one -on -one confrontations are actually a self-discovery kind of fight that he's trying to find where he fits in the monarchy and prove to himself that he has the knowledge and the power and he doesn't like being being challenged on, on occasion. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but when that gets challenged and that, we see that in this season um, with Abdul Karim and we see he sees dangers and his reaction to that is obviously not so pleasant. Um, but I, I related a lot to that. So for me, it was finding 
how someone that was thrown or born into this situation was dealing with it and a personality like Bertie's as we see in succession is one that doesn't handle it with a lot of grace <laughs> so that that was actually something that I took into this season uh so thanks um you know HBO what do you think without spoiling too much where we end up leaving your relationship with Victoria and her very final line to you is quite biting what do you think that meant for her arc uh, from Birdie's perspective or even your perspective as playing Birdie? I think one thing that it sets up for, uh, well, in, in hindsight for season one was and, and the timeline is that there are consequences. And what Victoria did and that final line that you, you spoke about there is on face value, very difficult to swallow for anyone, but it's a consequence. It's a consequence of his behavior. It's a consequence of their relationship. It's a consequence of the monarchy. It's a consequence of how she decided to deal with her life and, and, and the diaries. And going forward, we see the ramifications and we see uh, Bertie having to swallow and live with that. And we, we know that from season one. So I think... Um, in terms of character arc, it it actually made a lot of sense. Um, whether that's because we shot it, well, we recorded it in this order. Um, but it's a, a nice thing as an actor to not have to have a bow on the end um, tied up neatly. I, I kind of like that style of storytelling. So for me, it was actually very juicy and actually living in that discomfort um, as Bertie did, and it explains. It actually allows me to sympathise with him as an actor and as a um, as a person because he dealt with not having things resolved in his mind for the, his whole life. And that was, that was part of the reason he, the way he was a massive part of the reason. So I think it's not being able to swallow that is the best part of it all. It's nice to hear that it felt very satisfying to you as a performer and hopefully will be very satisfying uh, to the audience. Uh, so what was your favorite part about the season? You know, let's kind of upbeat. We were talking about his grief and his sadness, but you know, as Connor, as the performer, what, what, uh, tell us about the fun times. I loved working uh, with Shrave. I loved working um, in uh, with a character that is actually not in the family. And it allowed, I, I felt like uh, being in the car and I, f I was able to find another gear. It, it opened another side to Birdie in this season that, um, although maybe not pleasant as a as, <laughs> as experience, uh, was certainly very pleasant um, to be able to explore. And um, their relationship is, you know, you feel like it's the kind of lid on a, on a trash can about to bubble off, but never, you know, it, it's very, very uh, hostile and tense. And um, there's many opportunities and, and many possibilities of the way that it could have turned out. <laughs> So I think that was really exciting. And obviously working with Shreve is so brilliant and um, dealing with I think with that, that scene is definitely a highlight of this season. And I can't wait for everyone to get to hear it. And I can't wait mm. to sit down with him uh, to hear him talk about, uh, you know, bringing Abdul Karim to life. And we have you to thank for bringing him to the table. Uh, you recommended him <laughs> for the role. And he certainly was just so brilliant is so brilliant um yeah. so everyone is in in for quite the performance 
So before we go here, um, where can we find you? Generally on the corner, um, you know, groveling for money <laughs> on weekends. <laughs> uh, you can find me uh, really anywhere. I mean, online at conadolves.com or at, I'm kind of at conadolves everywhere. I've definitely made a significant effort to own my name and not have any. So, you know, rest in peace to, to the other one that is no longer with us. Um, <laughs> no, but, <laughs> uh, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, anywhere, anywhere. Find me anywhere. Well, Connor, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thank you for coming back for season two. And we will see you someday. Someday. Hear me on the airstreams <laughs> across the world. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I, I can't wait for everyone to hear it. It's a blast. Bye, guys. <laughs>